Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the house. All right, y'all, come on in. Come on into my house, Rosie on the house. It is every Arizona homeowner's happy place. We show up every Saturday morning to answer any question you have about your house, home, castle, or cabin in the great state of Arizona. Whether you're a pioneer family, a homesteader, or a brand newcomer to the great state of Arizona, there are things about owning a home in Arizona that are different than any other place in America, probably any other place in the world. So why don't you access us by dialing one 767 and let us put our 50 years of home building, home remodeling, home maintenance experience to work for you. And that's all right here in Arizona. So we can give you the information that's most up-to-date and most applicable to the home you're in. Really excited about a new YouTube uh, series we just started yesterday. It's not posted yet, but we're, d- we're doing a whole YouTube series on owning a territorial Santa Fe Pueblo-style home in Arizona. That home in particular has some very unique, specific things you need to know about. And we just started the filming of it yesterday. Excited to get that posted here in the next few weeks. All right, 1-888-767-4348 is the way you contact me, my son, Romy. We're both here in studio. Sweet Miss Jessie is on the phone. Uh, My sweet Jennifer is out today with an activity at church. Uh, Gary D., our broadcast engineer, is there to make sure all the right buttons are pushed and the dials are correctly set so that we can bring you into the conversation and answer whatever question it is that you might have. Before we go to the first call, we've got Sylvia and Marshall on hold right now, and I'm going to get to you real quick. I want to I want to give all you Arizona homeowners a big alert. Beep, 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 beep. Summer rates are now applicable from your utility company. All across the state, electrical supply companies, the utility companies, raise their rates every single summer. It's not a rate increase. It's a seasonal adjustment. It happens every May. So those of you legion of super coolers that we have been training the last 20 years, make sure your clocks and timers are all set now to take advantage of the off-peak power consumption lifestyle that we've been teaching you for years. If you want to know more about that, I would tell you just take the next electric bill you get and look at the total bill and divide it by the total kilowatts consumed. And if you're over 12 cents a kilowatt. We can get you down to eight or nine cents, but if you're over 12 cents a kilowatt, you're paying too much money for your electricity. And you know what? You hardly have to spend one penny to save it. So the summer rates, some utility company charge, will have a kilowatt charge go up 
by as much as 20%. It's the exact same electricity you were buying in April. Exactly the same. But in May, you're going to pay 20% more for it. All the more reason you should be more aware of how are you consuming it, when you are consuming it, and how efficiently you are consuming it. And I am not promoting you spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to save a couple hundred bucks on your summer cooling bill. Super cooling is done at a nominal, almost zero expenditure and can cut your summer monthly bill by as much as 30 to 40%. All right. So with that said, that warning given, let's take our first call. Let's see if we can go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. We've got Marshall and Rick on hold as well. We'll get y'all as quick as we can. Morning, Sylvia. Good morning. What you up to this morning? Well, my husband noticed um, dirt in our backyard, dirt mounds in our backyard. We live out in Maricopa. We live 20 minutes past the Indian Casino in the Hidden Valley area. Oh, yeah. And so he went out and kind of dug underneath of, underneath of them and found tunnels. Yeah. So I have two Dobermans. I have a pool. <laughs> okay. How do I get rid of whatever is, is creating these dirt mounds? All right, Sylvia, hang on. We're going to uh, take you down, and I'm going to give you a gopher eradication sermon. Um, you specifically asked that you would not like to use poison or uh, terminal elimination. So the best thing we can do for you, uh, the un- unfortunate thing is there have been generations of those uh, uh, ground digging, burrowing animals living in Marana for, for only a couple thousand years. So they've thought through <laughs> virtually every barrier that uh, it hampers their uh, procreation. Here's what I want you to do. One thing a burrowing animal won't do is they generally will not burrow into an earthen dam. They actually sense the water on the other side of the dam. I won't say they never do it. I will tell you that they generally won't do it. So a way to imitate that is take one gallon glass jars with a lid, fill them with water, and bury them in the ground around the area you want the burrowing animal to stay out of. At my garden, at my house, I've got an area that's 12 feet wide, 24 feet long, and I have them buried two feet on center around the entire garden area. And we have been gopher-free in that garden for years. It doesn't kill anything. Uh, it doesn't spread poisoning anywhere. Uh, and it gets them, uh, you know, maybe a Marana. This isn't quite the problem it is at my house. But it, it, it sent the gophers um, into my neighbor's yard. <laughs> and if and you've I- got a bigger area that you're trying to get them out of, start by setting them in the center of the area, then every day, Move them another Great couple feet idea. out, move them another couple feet out, add more jars as needed, and continue to do that. But make sure you do the glass, not the plastic. That yes. glass has that vibration of, uh, you know, the way the water vibrates against the glass sends that 
signal to the animal better than a plastic jug does for whatever reason. And leave the lid exposed. Don't bury the lid so that you can refill it as as you may or may not need to. So in all of our experience, Sylvia, the best way to eliminate burrowing animals in your backyard without um, execution, uh, elimination, terminal elimination, uh, is that water trick. And I've always told people, being here as long as we have, there was always the Arnold Pickle Factory down in Phoenix. Just go buy a gallon of Arnold Pickles when you're finished with the jar. That's the perfect glass jar to use. And that opens the line for you at one 767 4348 That's one rosie you. Before we get to our next call, we work to be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Part of that is our contractor referral network at the point you need service, professional service done to your home, castle, or cabin, making sure that you can find qualified screen contractors. And we've got a special one to bring to you. Welcome aboard. Introducing our newest trusted Rosie Certified Partner to the award-winning Rosie on the House Certified Partner Network. Arizona homeowners, we've got a new partner in studio with us, Derek Rogers, Aqua Therapy Tubs. Welcome to Rosie on the House. Thank you. I'm happy to be with the family. I started this company nine years ago. The Aqua Therapy Tubs hit home for me when I used to bathe my grandfather. He was a World War II vet, very proud man. After he passed away, I learned about walk-in tubs and what these can do for people and, and provide the uh, independence for people living in their home and be able to take care of themselves. So I started the company doing walk-in tubs, and, it, and it's evolved into full bathroom renovations. Well, we thank him for his service. We have a couple World War II veterans in our family that have passed along as well, Dr. Rosie and uh, Judge Clemmy. So explain what one of those renovations looks like. I go into a home, I've got fiberglass tub that I've got to step over to get inside. We come in, we do a safety evaluation, we interview our customers, find out what's important to them. For accessibility, everyone's different. You know, some people need grab bars in certain areas, they want them positioned different ways. Some people need higher toilets, some people don't want any step at all. A lot of our customers haven't been able to bathe in 10 or 15 years because they can't physically get into into a tub. So they really want a hydrotherapy tub. So we custom size those for the people also. Our tubs are considered medical equipment. A doctor can write a prescription for it and design that tub for that person. So it's going to provide the hydrotherapy that they need. And explain that tub. Well, they're ADA compliant for one, but every jet is placed for hydrotherapy. So for lower back, for the for the hips, the knees, the bottoms of the feet for circulation. I call them personal spas because they have 32 jets or more all for one person, you know, and they're specifically placed two to three inch step to get into it, a door that opens up, a seat inside the tub grab bars inside the tub so everything is safe secure easy to use allows the independence for the person they can bathe themselves well very cool a lot of different options for adjusting the bathroom to your personal lifestyle i I just did a a a bathroom for a, a little girl who is autistic and she loved water therapy so we did a nice waterfall faucet going into her tub a jetted tub she just loved all the features Derek Rogers, Aqua Therapy Tubs, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. And I definitely respect you and the organization for vetting contractors and making sure your customers are getting the right people helping them. That's just part of the what we call the win-win-win. Thank Welcome you. to the team. Thank you. Appreciate it. And you can find those anytime, those contractors at rosieonthehouse.com. You just select 
right from the menu bar, certified partner, find a certified contractor. And if you are a contractor in the masonry trade and ironworking trades, we've got an opening for both of those areas that we're looking to fill. And you can apply right there online as well. When we get back, it looks like we're going back to Sylvia. In addition to gophers, we've got a weed issue we're going to handle. Marshall wants tips on replacing his water heater. And Rick wants to know about hard water buildup. All right here at Rosie on the house. This is Jim Kowalski of Kowalski Construction. You're listening to Rosie on the House. Well, we got one problem, at least uh, the direction for solving the problem for Cynthia's gophers taken care of. Well, let's see if we can bring her back on and help her through uh, the next problem with her yard. You're battling a little weed, Sylvia? Oh, I have an acre and a half, and I've tried three different weed killers, and uh, weeds just take their fertilizer. So, um, you, uh, do you have a solution? <laughs> well, my my first question is, uh, when you say the weeds think they're fertilizer, we've had so much rain. Uh, it, it could just be the progression because, you know, the different varieties of re- weeds sprout at different times of the year. So we could be killing off the winter batches, the spring batches coming in, killing that off as the summer batches coming in. Okay. Yeah, that could be because I've been spraying continuously since it started getting a little warmer, you know, past the frost. But um, And you're, I mean, you're not noticing any of those weeds dying off? Nope. Because hmm. there is... Pre and post. Yeah. <laughs> Pre and post. Our flames. And you said you're on an acre plus property. What um, what are you using to apply the weed killer with? Um, um, Two-gallon hand sprayer. So I'm mixing the formula according to directions. And it, I mean, I'm getting a little frustrated because it takes me about four hours to spray the whole yard. I bet. So, depending on uh, your budget, what I did for our property is we went and got a weed sprayer. Uh, It's a, well, it's actually just a a towable water tank. A few hundred bucks from Tractor Supply. (laughs) Hook it up to the quad. It's a 30 gallon tank. Then you get a, $50 landscape battery. Uh, You plug the battery to it, and it has a couple options on the tank. You can spray it out behind you as you're towing, and it's got three different nozzles. I haven't had great success with that. Uh, I think if they're a little lower to the ground, it would work better, but a lot of times with the wind uh, and breeze and everything, I can't get exact control on it, but it also comes with a wand. So what I do is I just dry you know i stand beside the quad and use the gas and i move it slowly enough that i can walk with it then i use the wand and i spray it move the quad continue on that way and and that process uh you know we've got a little bit you know for an acre you should be able after the first application and you wait a couple weeks and you see the die off and then you go back and hit what's left when you go back and hit what's left you know you're only probably going to use five to ten gallons that tank as opposed to the whole 30 and then the third time you go back you'll be doing five gallons at a time and you'll have that weed uh you know the time for that project reduced significantly and that has helped us because we had the same issue it was just when you when you get to that volume of land 
the two gallon ham pump is just not going. Like you said, you're wasting four hours. And and I would and, never apply a post emergent weed killer without mixing in pre emergent as well, and get the get the two things done at one time. So there you go, Sylvia. Hope yeah. that helps. And and I, and I don't know if she's a regular listener, but Sylvia at my house. I use fire, and my liability insurance agent always has a heart attack when I mention this on air, but you can buy handheld flamethrowers, weed, dragon, red dragon, propane, weed, burner, uh, and and a lot of propane. I mean, a little bit of propane goes a long, long way. All you have to do is just flame the weed. Poof! You don't have to burn it up. You don't have to start a fire. You just zap it right at the root, and it's dead. And, and that's I, as long as the weed isn't already dead itself. That's that's true too. But I I uh, I, I I can't not mention that it is one hundred percent organic. I will mention that. Uh, just make sure you have a nice water hose and a secondary assistant somewhere close. But uh, hit them when they're small. And, they, I mean, really, it's just poof. That's all it takes. One or two seconds, and it's done. And for an acre property in Maricopa, you know, look what's on the other side of that property. If it is windy <laughs> and some of those dead weeds go out of your property and catch fire outside the property, you know, you're, you're, you're responsible for paying for the fire outage, that's, you know, depending on how big that that's the why, fire and the wind could carry. That's why my liability guy hates me talking. So, let's see if we can bring Marshall into the conversation and Ooh. see what he's working on. Welcome to the program. Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, I have uh, – I brought across a uh, – I, I have to replace our the anode in our hot water heater every two years. They just get eaten up, and so I'm, I've replaced it. I replaced it a couple of years ago. So it's time to do it again, and at the same time, I want to. I'm going to flush the the uh, hot water tank. I have heard that the last time I did it, I just uh, opened or turned off the water service, drained it out, uh, and drained the tank, and that was that was it. What? <clears throat> Hang tight. We'll come back. We'll explain what an anode rod is in your water heater if you're not familiar with it, and the proper steps to draining, cleaning. Flushing it out. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. If you're just joining us, as we went to the break, Marshall was explaining he has to replace his anode rod in his water heater every couple years, and he's got to do. He's planning on doing that project again, but wants to know also about additional drainage and maintenance for your water heater. Now, what? An anode rod is is an old tank heater that's uh, got a metal tank. Obviously, metal corrodes with water and rust. The anode rod is a softer, softer metal uh, than what the tank is made out of, and that's designed for the water minerals to attack the anode rod, so it extends the life of your water tank because. The corrosion's happening on the anode rod, not to your tank. Should last, you know, five to seven years. Marshall's saying his is, is going out every two. And one of the ways that you would know your anode rod is uh, 
you know, coming to the end of its life, is it off gases uh, an odor into your hot water. So if you ever notice your hot water starting to stink a little bit, that's all the metal on the anode rod is eaten down to the center core, where then it kind of off gases kind of a rotten egg smell. Is that how you know, Marshall? I mean, what are you you personally using to indicate that it's time to replace it? The first time uh, we found out the hard way because we had little black uh, sediment coming out and it blocked some uh, sinks. And uh, so we ended up with a bigger problem because I did not know how, uh, about this. Uh, so, so that's how I found out is through just little flux of the, uh, of, uh, the anode running through the system and getting blocked. So now I uh, replace it every two years. And I mean, it's eaten up by the time I, uh, every two years, I save them because it's just amazing how they just get eaten up. But anyway, during the course of this, it makes sense to flush the tank. And uh, so, and so the last time that I flushed the tank, I just drained the water and drained it out, but there was really no agitation. And I knew that, and I was a little bit uncomfortable with that. I talked to a, a, uh, a plumber, and he said that I should drain it under pressure. Well, that sounds interesting to me, but I want, I've never heard of anybody except for that guy mentioning that. So I wanted to find out if that's, if, if that's a good way of draining and making sure that you've got some agitation in there to drain, to get out the gunk that settles in the bottom. Sure. <clears throat> Whether you do it under pressure or uh just let gravity drain it make sure you disconnect the power source first if it's an electric water heater uh you know there there is a you know out of the top of the water heater the electric line there should be a box you open the box and you just pull the breaker panel out and it's actually designed you flip it upside down and push it back in so you don't lose that breaker or just take it out, put it on top of the box, however you want to do that. Because as that water is draining, the water heater itself, if there's still power to it, it's going to do what it's designed to do, kick on the heating elements and heat up the water. Well, those heating elements are also designed to be in water, and if they're not in water, they'll short circuit. So you could end up burning up your heating elements if you leave uh, the electricity turned on. So make sure you shut that off. I would go ahead and drain it by gravity first, and then when the water starts stops coming out, then go ahead and turn the water back on because uh, depending on how the water supply into that water heater is working, you know, and, and there's a really good chance, well, not a really good chance, 100% chance, if there's water pressure coming into that tank when you have it open to come out, the water input's going to go a lot faster than the water output. So you want to make sure it gets completely drained, and that way when you turn the water back on, it's kind of like spraying the inside That's... of the tank. It's, it's spraying the actual gunk itself instead of just filling up into a pool of water. That's the agitation he's looking for, exactly. And if it's a self-cleaning water heater, the way that in, all, all that's different there is instead of the water supply just stopping through the middle of the tank, it goes all the way to the bottom and then kind of makes a U-shape around the bottom of the tank that way it creates a swirling whirlpool effect at the bottom keeping that sediment from building up very good do that two or three times let it drain 
run it for, you know, 90 seconds, shut it off again, let it drain, hit that a few times. Then, uh, obviously, close the valve, fill it back up, make sure it's completely full uh, before you turn the electricity back on, uh, add your, make sure your anode rod's secure, and then, you know, you'll be good to go. Now, most plumbers will tell you if you haven't done water heater drain maintenance for four or five years already and you don't have a water softener or water treatment equipment, don't bother with the water heater because the corrosion around the joints and the pipes and the threads, a lot of times once you break that seal, getting it watertight integrity back, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's potentially going to create more problems for you at that point. All right. Very good. Hope that helps, Marshall. Congratulations on being aware of checking the anode rod and replacing it every two years. Let's see if we can go to Robert, who's calling with a question Hello. about some work he once done at his house. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Thanks for calling. Uh, um, my question is, you know, I, I need a new roof because my house is uh, going to be 20 years old. And I'm having a hard time getting anybody to come out here. And where I live is um, just south of Antum. We're in Phoenix, um, right off Carefree Highway. But, you know, I call these people and nobody calls back. Or it's like when they find out where you live, they don't want to come this way. <laughs> okay. Well, when you're, looking for a contra- when you're looking for a contractor, Robert, where are you looking? Uh, well, one of them, I, I looked. Two of them on uh, your your site. Did you look at uh, Pinnacle or Durafoam? I mean, both of those guys are right off a of Carefree Highway, mm-hmm. or the 101, I'm I sorry, in 17. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I kind of looked at. I was looking for somebody up closer here, and uh, I've called back, and they just said, well, we'll get to it. I don't, and Maybe they're busy. I don't know. You know. They are. Every, everyone is busy right now. Robert, right, but uh, um, I mean, pinnacle roofing and durafoam roofing uh, are two right up in your area that I know regularly service and, Anthem. And it's a uh, lot less traffic to come twelve miles north to you than yeah. to go twelve miles into the city yeah. any which direction to the south, east, or west. Yeah, for sure. There are other roofers, you know, on the website as well, rosyonthehouse dot com, and I understand you're looking for a painter as well. Um, uh, Robert, I could tell you on our website, rosieonthehouse.com, that there are consumer guides on how to shop roofers and how to shop painters. Just go to rosieonthehouse.com, go to the search engine, and type in consumer advice, consumer advisory. And there are two there, free, for you to download or just take a look at and read. And that's for all of you homeowners all across the great state of Arizona. Robert, I know our Rosie certified partners are busy. I talk to all of them on a regular basis, but I do know Pinnacle and uh, Durafoam service your area. I know Lions Roofing services your area. Um, so they, they all service the area. Let's just see when they might be available. And a 20-year-old roof, depending on the particular product, um, I mean, there's a lot of 30-year-old. There's a lot of 30-year roofs out there as well. So keep us posted and let us know. And uh, for finding a painter, 
Again, just get to the website and take a look. In our newsletter this week that got delivered uh, to all of your email boxes this past week, we're talking about uh, five ways to be friendly and welcoming to your new neighbors. And I just thought there were some great points in this about when you see the moving van move in, bring a little gift. And I never know what to bring. Someone in the, in the staff had the idea, bring a gift card for some local restaurant. Oh, great way to, you know, get introduced into the neighborhood. That's a, that was a good idea. Now, uh, <clears throat> there are a couple other things that we have on there, aside from a bringing a gift card to a local restaurant or, you know, maybe a uh, shop of some kind. Hardware store might be a good thing. Uh, there were some other things on there like uh, writing a note. And that's an interesting thing, uh, the handwritten note, because you hardly see that anymore. But I don't know about anyone else. When I actually get a handwritten note, I don't usually throw it away right away. I, it stays around for a while. And it's just such a lost art that you don't see. It's like, wow, I, somebody actually took that. This isn't a rubber stamp that was printed or something that was written once, uh, copied, sent to the printer, and repeated over and over and over again. Um, it's There's something about it. So not even just new neighbors, but just in general, you know. Don't underestimate a handwritten note, even if it's, you know, a paragraph long. It doesn't have to be an essay. It doesn't have to be poetic. Uh, just sincere. It it's, goes a long, long way. Uh, one of the other things I talked about was invite them over to watch Movies, and I've only seen one of these that are recommended on here. Uh, I've never heard of the Stepford Wives. I've never seen Edward Scissorhands. I've you never heard of Stepford Keeping Wives. Up with the Jones, Downsizing, Won't You Be My Neighbor. But the first one listed on there, The Burbs, yes. that one's yes. pretty funny. Early Tom Hanks film. It's hilarious. I think the best thing you could do for a new homeowner is hand them a Rosie on the house. Home maintenance manual. That was Genius. the number one recommendation there. <laughs> Every so this week, uh, we lost a singer-songwriter, Gordon Lightfoot. He has an Arizona connection. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, early 70s, he had a show in Flagstaff. He's with his bass player. He was traveling down I-17. He saw the sign, Exit carefree highway told the bass player that is a great <laughs> title for a song <laughs> top 10 hit for him among others great story on that one for sure let's see in our last segment of the rosie on the house show this particular saturday let's see if we can squeeze john in here that wanted a little more information uh he had a he had a water heater question as well good morning john Good morning, sir. How are you doing this bright, beautiful day? Super fantabulous. <laughs> got, a, got a question on the water heater. Okay. When I drain my water heater, I, I put a gate valve in the exit line on the water heater. I take the input line off. I've got a fitting that I made that I put air, uh, air pressure. You were talking about pressure. Perfect. I, of course, put a hose down at the bottom and open the, ho open the hose up, and that pressure seems to 
be able to blow out or to push out the water. My other, my question is, I usually take out the bottom uh, uh, heating element with a long spoon, and I clean out the the uh, calcium down there. <laughs> Would it be all right if I use a mild solution of muriatic acid, uh, uh, take out the anode rod, and put that? A solution of muriatic acid in there to eat away or to to, to uh, liquefy the calcium down there, and then go ahead and push it out with the pressure and put uh, uh, put it, then put everything back together again. Will it be damaging the hot water heater at all? I I I think John's declaring war on calcium buildups in his water heater. <laughs> <laughs> the war is on, John. I I uh, I. I would not recommend muriatic acid. Um, a good rinsing, uh, I, uh, and the fact that you're attaching a, a air pressure line on there and creating some amount of pressure is is good. It's very very good. Um, I mean, if you wanted to take that lower uh, thermostat or, or uh, heating element out and agitate it manually and stir it up, I mean, the the most aggressive product I would recommend using is a product called C. L-R. And you can get that basically at any hardware store. Uh, get down to your Ace Hardware and pick up a thing of CLR, pour it in the anode rod uh, hole in the top of the water heater. The, the, the problem is, you know, then, then you're going to close your gate valve and you're going to add water. And I, would, and I would add it in three second burst. One, two, three, off. One, two, three, off. One, two, three, off. And that stirring around, I think, will do just about as much. And I would do it till I'm about a third to a fourth the way full. And then I'd let it sit for a while. Uh, let that CLR go to work uh, and, and uh, melt away those calcium buildups. And then I'd drain it. I would rinse the, the tank really, really good uh, to get all that out of there. And I think you'll be in good shape. So, John? Kudos to yeah. you for engineering the air pressure agitation system. That's good. That's very good. And I think you also see why water treatment is such a big industry in Arizona as well and why we have so many uh, partners that specialize in uh, treating your water. When, it, when it's delivered from the city, it's safe for drinking, but they're not uh, taking out uh, mineral deposits that just, you know, getting the water from coming through the streams and the river in the process. So all that calcium and minerals, uh, you know, can be removed with a water treatment equipment before it then gets distributed to your water heater or your cold water supply line. There's a reason it's called the Salt River <laughs> Valley. <laughs> yes, it is. Some and of, the, some the, of the hardest water in the country. The farther upriver you go, and especially uh, <clears throat> as you get closer to the mining towns, the shorter life expectancy water heaters are. I've been told, I've never lived in Globe, but I've been told that if you live in Globe, you just plan to budget to replace a water heater every <laughs> single year because of how fast and hard the, the water and ground deposits are up there. We had a texter call in, a uh, texter text in, uh, and wanted to know if we had heard of a specific uh, electronic, uh, a water meter that's hooked up to an electronic uh, Wi-Fi signal that goes to your phone that tells you hey if you've got a water leak and they wanted to know if our guest from the last hour pinpoint leak detection had ever heard of it the specific brand uh and 
that you that the caller had mentioned, they said, you know, they they don't make it anymore. And he had never heard of it either. But he did say that the Moen brand and water uh, sensor leak, he says, is what he sees most common. And the texture wanted to know, well, why did they stop making it? Well, if it's a brand new company and it's a startup, uh, there's a lot of things that could happen. One, it could get have been bought out by a bigger company that's got a better and bigger manufacturing process. Or they didn't get bought out and they figured out how long it takes by the time you start manufacturing something, the supplies and sales, you know, they, they may just not have had the money and infrastructure, but Moen has been around a lot of years, mostly American made. And they do have a water leak that you put on your supply line and then it'll send a signal to your Wi-Fi, Hey, it's leaking. And then we also have pro sensors as well that you can put at different points. We tried to share a lot of information with y'all today. Nine o'clock hour was all about leak detection in about and around your house and your property. Go back and listen to it if you're uh, concerned about that, and you should be. And then again, I gave an alert. You're now on summer utility consumption rates for your electricity. You're paying up to 20% more every watt right now. Buy it smart. 